0: It's that time of year, you're doing pretty good, work is coming in, work is going out, or maybe you're still in the startup phase of your professional woodworking business. But things are moving along. Well, I have a challenge for you. Three, in fact. Kind of something to blow the sawdust out of the ears. Hi, my name's Roger Kugler. This is Working at Woodworking Podcast, episode number 78 A Herculean Challenge for You. I'm here to help you with your professional woodworking development, providing a service to your community, and being rewarded for your efforts. No, this is nothing like the 12 Labors of Hercules. It's only three, only three challenges. But I'm pretty sure. You're not going to like a couple of these. Challenge number one, clean out your black holes. You know what I'm talking about. I'm challenging you to go in and explore the deepest, darkest recesses of your shop. You know the ones I'm talking about, the ones that have dust all over them, the ones that you've put tools or wood, things in there that you haven't seen in Well, probably years. This is unproductive space in your shop, probably a small shop, and it's costing you money. You need to do something about that. You need a, well, let's call it a kick in the pants, and I'm here to give you a kick in the pants. You remember a couple months ago, you were looking for that tool, and you couldn't for the life of you find it, or remember where you put it. So, you ended up buying a new one, didn't you? Yeah. Clean out the black hole and I bet you'll find it. We all have these. I don't care how many years or months you've been a woodworker. They just seem to, to accumulate. I found mine the other day and was kind of the impetus for this, uh, for this episode. They just seem to, just seem to grow. You don't know where to put something, so you put it here, and then sometime later you find something else that you don't know where to put it, and you put it there too. And this thing just seems to grow and grow and grow, and it never gets used. You never go back through there. You might even be scared to go back in there. These are black holes that just seem to suck things into them. So... Take a half a day, maybe a Friday afternoon, and dig in. Now, I had an uncle, my Uncle Bill, that he was kind of famous for cleaning. And he lectured me that there's only three things you can do when it comes to cleaning out of space. You can keep it, you can give it away, or you can trash it. He called it the three-pile method. And what he would tell me is that you pick up an item and you hold it in your hand, and you start moving the item to one of three piles. And as it's in the hand, moving through space, you think to yourself, when was the last time I used this? This kind of jogs the memory. And then you ask yourself, will I use this this year? And if the answer is yes, that long-lost tool you had, then it goes into the keep pile. If the answer is no, it has to go into either the giveaway pile or the trash pile. Would this be worth it to someone else? Could they use this? And if the answer is yes, you put it in the giveaway pile. This could go to family, friends, restore, maybe there's a builders space in your community. That could use it, a club or a group that could possibly use this. And if the answer is no, you can't give this away, it's broken, it's obsolete, it's dangerous, then it has to go into the trash. But before it goes into the trash, is it possible to recycle that item? Now, all of our tools nowadays are plastic, so there's really no metal value in these, but I recently had a long-owned and much-beloved heat gun just die on me the other day. Just gave up the ghost. It was probably 15 years old, so I wasn't terribly surprised, but it had a really nice cord on it. And if you've ever had to replace a cord on a power tool, you know that they don't give those things away. So I snipped the cord off, put it in my my electrical storage cardboard box up on the shelf, and it'll probably come in handy sometime. But it ended up in the trash. Now, all those things that you decided to keep, your keep pile, you're going to have to store those. And if you haven't already... I didn't, I would encourage you to listen to episode number eight, your professional woodworking shop. And I go over and talk about storage options. It needs to be organized. It needs to be memorable. So that if you put something in this box in six months, you'll be able to recall what's in that box. Now, I have a couple of these boxes in a, in my woodshed. And, you know, as the years pass, my memory fades a little bit. And so I've gotten into the habit of writing on an index card what actually goes into the box. And I tape that to the outside. That saves a lot of rummaging around looking for something. And most of these items, well, honestly, some of them came from my Uncle Bill, So they're kind of sentimental, but I don't use those very often, but I don't want to throw them away or give them away either. So they're kind of in long-term storage. But think about the uh, labeling, any of your storage boxes. It could come in very, very handy. So the goal is to eliminate the black holes in your shop, and there could easily be more than one. If you can't get to all of these on a Friday afternoon, well, you might need to schedule a whole day. I often take the week between Christmas and New Year's off from any, you know, paying jobs and just kind of work on the shop. Just have some fun out there. And this would be a good time to give the shop a good overhaul. Now, if you can't get to someplace, one of your black holes in the near future... These things have a tendency of being forgotten. And so I've kind of gotten into the habit of taking some painter's tape, some blue tape, and hanging it nearby, maybe even across the the space. I have an area under my, my lathe, a little storage cabinet, that there's stuff in there I probably have not touched in three or four years. And that space is just being really wasted. Oh, if I cleaned that out, I could put some of my Festool sustainers under there and I wouldn't have to walk all the way across the shop into, well, what's in essence another black hole to pull out those tools and they would be closer to my assembly bench. Remember, the theory is to keep the tools that you're using 80% of the time within literally a few steps of where you do most of your work. That is a great idea. I can swap the old stuff out and put it into the black hole on purpose and pull the things I actually use from the black hole and move them closer. I'm going to do that right after I get done recording this. Okay, so maybe this task is a little bit about Hercules' challenge of the aegean stables but i'll i'll leave that up to you okay challenge number two and i know a lot of you is not going to like this one clean up your marketing Ooh, (laughs) yeah kind of makes cleaning up your shop look attractive now doesn't it yeah Um, your marketing, you have done some of this, especially if you've been in business, you know, for more than six months and you haven't paid any attention to it. You kind of threw it in the wind to see where it would go. If you have a website, which you should have a website, you got the thing launched, you looked it over, it looked good, and then you forgot about it, gone, poof, out of there. You need to go back and revisit this. You need to go back over your website with a fine-tooth comb. And what you're looking for is correct information. You would be amazed at the number of people who build a website and they get their house number wrong. Or they get their phone number wrong. Just stupid little mistakes. Nobody proofed it. Nobody went over it. And... It may not be doing its job in driving traffic to you, the professional woodworker. So go through and look for any old information. Maybe you moved, but you never updated your website. Don't take this for granted. This happens. The second thing you need to look for is consistency. I recently looked over a website of a gentleman who kind of had three names for the same business. And he would use one name on one platform, social media platform, but another name on his website. But his phone number would pop up with yet a third name. And it was, shall we say, a bit confusing. Customers don't like confusing. They like consistent. They like congruity. So pay attention to this. And if you have products on your website... You really need to pay attention to this. And here, I'll admit, I'm guilty. If you have one product that comes in various types of wood, sizes, colors, stains, make sure that the base information about all of these are the same. Because if a person starts looking to purchase an ABC but they see you have ABCs, but you also have ABEs and ABGs, but they all seem to be different. They don't like that, and it can really turn them off from your site. Uh, prices. If all your ABCs are the same price, but it only varies by stain color, these things should be consistent. Now, you can certainly have prices for different wood species. That's that's perfectly fine. But make sure that this is well indicated. Clarity. Are you the only one who really knows what you're talking about? If somebody comes to your website and they're looking at a description of a product, but they just don't quite understand what the heck is going on here, well, maybe you wrote this really late at night, maybe you were really tired and it makes perfect sense to you, but nobody else really understands what's going on. This is why it's so important to have more than your eyes on any copy that you you write. Is there an excessive use of jargon? Now, jargon's fine as long as you explain what things mean. So, Just do a reread of your website. You might be surprised and probably a little embarrassed by what you find. Which brings to spelling and grammar. Yeah, I know. You thought that you were done with this when you graduated high school, junior high. But no, grammar and spelling will always be with us. This is how we communicate on a website, obviously. And it really does matter. English is not the easiest language in the world because we have so many exceptions to the rule. There's so many different ways of doing things, and I I so admire people who don't have English as their first language whenever I talk to someone from a foreign country and yeah, their, their English is actually better than mine. Because they've they've really, really studied this. Something that I have found to be of great help is grammarly.com. It's a website where you can copy and paste your descriptions and it will go through and show you what's misspelled, what's not parallel, or in the same tense. Uh, if you pay for the service, it gets into a lot more, you know, nitty gritty. Uh, I just use the, the free side of it. And it has saved me from much embarrassment. Um, You don't need to have a degree in English to do this, but you know it doesn't hurt to have someone in the family who has an English degree either, if you can get them to to edit for you. And it's certainly not a bad idea just to try to get somebody to look over your website, maybe a family member or a friend. Uh, They don't need to be an English professor. Um, Just a fresh set of eyes they will find things that you just overlooked. Oh, what, what, what's that? You don't have a website yet? Yeah, you need to be working on that. If you go back and listen to episode 30, How to Build a Website for Your Woodworking Business, I talk at length on how to go about doing this. It's not as hard as you think it is. And if you're kind of stuck in doing this, this would be a wonderful opportunity to you know, shoot me an email, give me a call. We can set up some coaching. I can walk you through some of the things, uh, answer some questions, uh, because things just get complicated sometimes. And I've been down this road before. I would be more than happy to, to help you out. So after you do your website, or you're working on your website, now you need to tackle your social media. Number one on social media, Google. I cannot overemphasize the importance of Google. If you just do a random questionnaire of your customers, you will find that I'm going to say the majority of them, 60%, found you on Google. They never made it to your website because they're driving around saying, I need to find one, someone to do an emergency re- repair on my grandmother's rocking chair. And they use their cell phone and they type in or use the, the voice recorder, Furni- furniture repair craftsman in my area. And that's going to pop up on Google. It's not going to take them directly to your website. And so they're going to look at your Google profile. They're going to see your address. They're going to see your phone number. They may call you or, like a gentleman yesterday, just pulled into the driveway. So don't underestimate the power of Google. It really, really is important. Make sure that your Google business listing is up to date and accurate. Facebook. I know. I... I'm not a huge fan of Facebook, but it's a social media platform and, yeah, you probably should be there. So make sure all the information on your Facebook page is up to date and accurate. It doesn't hurt to actually do things on Facebook just to show that you're alive and kicking. Yeah, I'll get around to that sometime. And I am going to utter some words that I never thought that I would ever say I have a Facebook group site for working on woodworking. I had a few of you respond to my question the last episode. Would you be interested in this? So I muddled my way through building a group page for working at woodworking, I think. Because I am no expert at this. So take a look at it. Post something in there, and we'll see if we can get this off the ground. It may become a valuable resource for us. Instagram, Twitter, Yelp, all of these other ones, you need to go over and just make sure the information is still accurate. Maybe you were really big into doing Adirondack chairs, and now you aren't, but that information is still there. You need to clean that up. And you can also tell if people are really using those platforms by the number of phone calls or other communication that you, you get from that. For more information on that, check out episode number four, Your Internet Presence. So you've done all that. I know it was a little painful, a little rough. Now I'm going to challenge you to do the same thing for your competitor or competitors, depending on your market. What are they doing? What do their websites look like? What does their Yelp profile uh, say? This is just good, solid marketing information to know. No, you can't do a lot about what someone else is doing. Although, if you go really deep into the websites and SEO, you can learn a lot about their business that they probably don't even know themselves. So, if you do all of the above, uh, yeah, it's kind of like cleaning out the Aegean stables. So, challenge number three. This is a personal challenge. We all work alone. If you're kind of falling into this solo entrepreneur woodworking business profile, we don't have employees. So, there's probably long hours that you're not talking to anyone. And you sand. Maybe you sand a lot. You can be learning something. You can be improving yourself. I mean, it's not like any of us are doing differential equations all day. Well, in fact, you should be using CutListOptimizer.com for your sheet good and even your hardwood layout to maximize the, the efficiency and reduce wastage. CutListOptimizer.com It is fantastic, and it's free. So, learn something. Educate yourself. Podcasts, YouTube videos. There is more information at our fingertips in this modern society, this modern age, than at any point of time in history. So, take advantage of this. You can learn about the physician the ancient Greek empire. You can learn about Alexander the Great. You can learn about the Civil War in the U.S. or any place else for that matter. There are so many different platforms that you could be taking advantage of. One would be Audible. Audible is an online platform that allows you to listen to... Oh, what? What's that? Oh, uh, Wilson just informed me that I actually don't have a sponsored commercial from Audible. So I'll end that there, and I'm sure you get the Wilson reference. But no, Audible actually does have a, a free side that you can use to listen to uh, books. And you can listen to mystery and history and philosophy, health or retirement, there's there's all kinds of things available. I kind of fall into the YouTube hole that you can just go on for hours, build a little playlist for yourself, and you might as well occupy the mind while you're sitting there sanding. So use your time wisely. Recommendations for this week? No, I don't really have any, although I did mention Grammarly and Cutlist Optimizer and... Audible, uh, which is part of Amazon Prime, Uh, you could certainly check that out. But I don't have any listed uh, recommendations for for this episode. Miss Jobs, I received an email from a lady who has a Hoosier cabinet that she would like to have refinished. She said that it spent 10 years in a basement followed by another decade in someone's garage. It is a family heirloom that's kind of been bounced around without any real ownership. And she would like to have it refinished. It's painted. She's sure that that is lead paint, which that would make an interesting podcast. And I'm going to pass on the job. I, I just can't squeeze it in right now. And something else that I received... I don't know if this has happened to you, um, but I've received some emails that they're looking for a job or an apprenticeship. And just the way these things are worded, the, the email address, I mean, I used to respond to all of these, but I'm really starting to figure out that they're not, these may be scams. And when I would respond, I would simply say, no, I'm sorry, I'm, you know, I don't have any openings right now. And if these people had bothered to take a look at the website, they would have realized that I will never have any openings. So these are very shallow, trolling, you know, types of emails. If you are someone who are, who is in a position that you might be able to take on an apprentice. I've had apprentices in the past. Some of them have worked out very well. Some of them have, well, <laughs> never even lasted a day because there was actually work involved, but. Consider this a way of passing on some of your skills. You probably would want to talk to your lawyer or your insurance agent uh, about liability for something like this. and there are very formal programs through some states that you could could investigate. It wouldn't be a bad idea to you know to train someone to share your your, your information. but I think what these last few ones I've been getting uh, have been, been, uh, been scamps. A section of the show that I haven't mentioned of late, but oh boy, I have got to come clean on this one. Boy, did I screw up. Yeah, you know that here in the United States, um, we're supposed to pay our quarterly taxes in June, not in July? I don't know. Brain fart? I had it on my Google Calendar in July, not in June. (sighs) stupid tax that's all it is and no there's not going to be any black cars pulling up in front of the shop and you know leading me off in, in handcuffs um i'll i'll get a, a pen penalty you know whenever i file taxes next year it's it's not horrible and it's justified because i was well stupid it's why it's called stupid tax so there's your three challenges to clean out the black holes in your shop, to clean up your marketing, and to take advantage of some of the downtime, some of the mindless sanding periods where we don't really have anything to think about, so you might as well listen to something and and learn something. So I'd like to thank our listeners in Lisbon, Ohio, USA, Sydney, New South Wales, Australia, and the one listener in the Philippines. Greatly appreciate it. And check out the show notes for the affiliate links on Taylor Tools and my favorite VOIP phone service that could be a great help to you if you are in need of a separate business line on your personal cell phone. And as always, I provide coaching services for anyone who might be stuck on a project or is kind of struggling to get your business up and running. And if you have any questions about website, website development, I would be more than happy to help you. Remember to check out the Facebook group, Working at Woodworking. Until next time, happy woodworking.